0: Hey guys, welcome to In Light of the Gospel with Dan Blatz. Today's conversation will be with Willie Penner. He's a good friend of mine, has been for a long time, and he is a husband, a father, and the owner-operator of Stone Mill Cabinetry in Elmer. He's gained quite a reputation for his uh, custom cabinetry, uh, beautiful kitchens that he builds. If you follow him on Instagram or Facebook, you'll know what I'm talking about, and I would highly recommend you do that. If you're looking for a kitchen, he's the guy to go with. Today we talk about uh, how to operate a business. Willie has learned from terrible experiences. He started a business many years ago that went bankrupt and failed on him due to uh, some mismanagement of money perhaps and uh, mostly a bad business deal. But I think uh, if you're looking to start a business or have a business, I would imagine you'll gain a few things from this conversation. Hopefully you appreciate it. Welcome all. Appreciate you tuning in. This is Dan Blatt's back here again with In Light of the Gospel. The reason I've started this podcast is because I love the gospel. It has affected me. It has transformed my life to a degree that I can't completely communicate. But I get to speak of this understanding of the gospel quite frequently. I get to preach routinely and I have the pulpit. I have a platform where I can speak and share. But it doesn't escape me. It doesn't I do not I do realize that many people have been affected by the gospel as much or more than I have, but don't communicate it the way that I do. And I have come to realize that people can communicate the truth of the gospel in work. They can communicate the truth of the gospel in their marriage, in their child training, in their business. And that's why I have brought on today's guest. I, I've been looking forward to this for a little while. I know it's only my second episode, but I've got so many guys in mind that I want to talk to and this was one that I'm pretty excited about. So Willie Penner, many of you will know him from his, uh, his kitchen business, Stone Mill. That's the, the yeah. proper name, the full Stone, name of it. Stone Mill Cabinetry. Stone Mill Cabinetry. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Willie is because I've known him for a long time. I'm comfortable with him, so I knew we could have a, a decent conversation. But I've seen him early on in his Christian life struggling like all of us do, started a business with his brothers that kind of went sour. I don't know all the details there. Maybe he'll share some of that. Maybe he won't. And then started from ground zero, like from scratch, uh, even lost your, your income completely for a while, lost your business completely, went bankrupt, if I understand correctly. Yep. I hope I'm not sharing sure no. too much. No. And uh, now I would say it's not too soon to say that he has a very successful business,
1: a moderately successful business. Yeah, go there. Yeah, definitely we're doing well much better than we did before. Okay. So would you mind maybe starting a little bit earlier
0: than your business and kind of introduce yourself a little bit, maybe your family upbringing, uh, what your work ethic was like, and then uh, ultimately how you came to know Jesus, and then we'll translate that into...
1: Sure, yeah. So we grew up in Mexico, as a lot of our background did, but uh, at the age of four, we moved to Campeche, which we had a very terrible experience there. I've which, heard about <laughs> it. So man. I I don't know what all. I'm sure a lot of that uh, shaped our lives. But yeah, we we were there for in the eight month period we were there. We had a tornado take down our house. We built a new house and we uh, had a flood, which was Hurricane Albert in 18. 87, I believe it was, or 19, yeah, I'm not that old, but, and then we moved to Canada, which I think was a, either God worked that out, because through that, I think most of us got saved coming here, hearing the gospel, going to the old college. Most of
0: your family would now be, you would consider them born again? Christians? Yeah,
1: I mean, most of them, yeah, I'm like, yeah so yeah i think that was a big and a a big influence i think uh, that was probably one of the best things that happened to us through that whole tragedy and
0: coming to canada with nothing and starting over
1: yeah the plan was to go back but we only stayed for or we we just end up staying for
0: how old were you when you your parents moved over
1: I was five years old. Oh, so you don't
0: really remember Mexico much. I actually I do. I have, have a very memories. early memory. Yeah. Okay.
1: So yeah, there was a lot of experiences there that kind of really uh, left you, uh, you know, a lot of anxiety, right, through all those times. So, but anyway, we moved on and went to the old colony school and. Uh, I
0: remember knowing you and your family a little bit there.
1: Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of things we had to learn and especially language and all that, which I think we were as everyone else, or most of the people there learning. I don't know, maybe it was a fifty percent. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that shaped us too, and as I got out of school we um I actually let me just go back a little bit. So during school my heart and intent was always to serve God. I had a real Desire to do what was right. That was always, yeah, as a young boy. That was always my intention. And, you know, I think as everybody does, you look at people that are going way off, way out. You just, you know, sort of say to yourself, I'll never do that, right? I couldn't do that, right? But all of a sudden, I think at, I'll just jump ahead a little bit. Um, At age 19, I found myself right where I wished I or I thought I would never be right Right. in despair not knowing where to turn with my life and so
0: drugs parties no drugs
1: there was some parties and alcohol for sure Mm -hmm. but it was just a uh, bit of a desperate dead state where you see your life not going anywhere and just the potential of it being a ruined life and so at that point, when I started realizing it, I started going back. Or fortunately, at the time, there was a school, a class reunion, and I was already on the brink of uh, wanting to wanting something different, but I didn't really know anymore what direction to turn. And I think the old colony, as I was going there as a kid, really uh, it was a like the schoolmaster to lead you to Christ. You know, you know what is right you're taught the gospel but you're always in a sense pointed to the law right mm-hmm. and what well, you do right but there was a lot of the gospel there too it was so. quite
0: a revival school almost right where people got yeah. saved and left the old colony which seems like what's happened to
1: you yeah it? yeah so i was i count myself very blessed to have been able to experience some teachers
0: that. influence you or other school children yes
1: uh, for sure i think it was yeah, Tina Bergen, which is Tina Good I now. i have heard that so many times. Yeah. So yeah, she had a real influence on my life, as many others. And and that was the one of the defining moments too when I went back to that class reunion, she asked me what uh I forget exactly what she asked me, but anyway, if I was had given my if I was a Christian. Okay. And that I think that night at home i i um accepted the gift of salvation interesting i didn't fully understand everything, but I knew that Jesus had died for me, and my sins were paid for and yeah. from there, I was you know free my whereas so many nights I was in fear like in guilt like a lot of people, but from that point on, i was
0: I find it interesting how many times I've heard the story like that I, I was involved with a similar situation where there was a young man attending the, um, the, the choir the decent Girls Choir yeah. back then I was sitting next to him I was recently saved I wasn't a youth anymore I was married had our first baby and I was sitting next to him and I turned to him and said hey are, are you born again it's just a simple question that never even thought that I should be witnessing to him or evangelizing and apparently I had no idea but it just struck him to the core Like, what's the big deal? It's just a simple question. Have you never thought about whether or not you're a Christian? But something about somebody directing a question at you, that's a, a, a good means of encouragement for someone to evangelize, right? Just simply ask a question.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I've asked that question to other people, too. But at that point, when she asked me that, I was already... I went there. If I would not have wanted something better, I wouldn't have gone there. But I was already... Uh, sort of sick of my life actually I had just turned 19 I had just become legal age Mm -hmm. and but it was a weird feeling because it just everything changed for me because now I was legally allowed to do all the stuff and it just it had a very strange impact it wasn't like okay now I'm finally able to I'll go right but it was now I can and now I didn't want to it's like yeah <laughs> so I don't know exactly why it's partially
0: psychological where yeah. before when you didn't run allowed to you wanted to but yeah. also you yeah say right at the
1: same time yeah I yeah just after 19 so
0: so I remember coming to yours and Helen's wedding if we can kind of yeah. jump into that sure. a little bit I'm sure there's so much in your life story I know you guys have gone through some trials and difficulties yeah. there, I don't know how much we need to get into there but um, how old were you when you got married
1: I was 23 and so only four so we, years later yeah and uh, the week of our honeymoon, it was, I was 24, I was my birthday. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, four years later. And you did
0: a similar transition to me. You went from Old Colony, and then I went to the Redicop's, but you went
1: straight to Vienna Church? I went to Redicop's too. Oh, did you? Yep, we were there. Is that right. when
0: you left Old Colony?
1: Yep, so we left Old Colony, went to Mr. We were there for, what was it, two, a year and a half, maybe? I'm not exactly sure, but then we went to Vienna.
0: Uh, For some reason, I don't recall you being at brink but that's the same thing we did. I was
1: in with all the prayer meetings. And and you were still
0: single then, because you got married attending the, the Vienna Church. Yeah. And so we went through a lot of the same stuff. We got legalistic. We got very hardcore on outward appearance and got into a church where... They preached the gospel and they were very passionate, very excited, witnessing on the streets and all kinds of stuff like that. But at the same time, an awful lot of pressure put on you to perform and to act a certain way, to look a certain way, to live up to these godly standards of praying a certain time, reading a certain time. I was, you know, very self-willed, so I appeared to be successful at times, right? And uh, I, I always respected you. I assumed you were doing well, but I know it led to a lot of struggle for you as well.
1: Yeah, it did. I I don't, can I say, I don't cope well under that kind of pressure. Like, I don't like to, I think a lot of it was me. It was just me uh, not knowing how to deal with that sort of pre- pressure. But I always felt like I needed to perform for, not for God, but for everyone else. And mm-hmm. now I couldn't live a life that was just freely worshipping God, which I think a large extent was just my... Fault my the way I I had nobody nobody else to to blame but that culture. Obviously, there was still pressure to to perform that way, but you know some people thrived under it. Yeah, you know, and some people were squashed. I I I didn't thrive under that. So
0: so. I stepped out of that system after hearing uh, some really good news about the gospel, recognizing how free I was in Christ that righteousness imputed. Uh, being dead to sin and free from sin and alive unto God, that kind of stuff just like opened my eyes to the point where I'm like, I can't keep living like this. I'm telling people to come to Jesus, but they're looking at the people that I hang out with and they're saying, if I come to Jesus, I'm going to look like that. Yeah. And so I started feeling like I can't, I can't live this because they don't have to look like this to be, to come to Jesus. They can just simply trust him, right? Yeah. And so we left and went to the Springfield Church. That's where we've been attending for 12 years now or whatever it is. And you guys, were there another five or six or eight years? Four, I
1: think four years. I think we've been at, at uh, Springfield for eight years.
0: Eight years already. Wow.
1: I believe so. Yeah, that would, that yeah. would probably make sense. Yeah, right around there anyway. So,
0: I mean, we're we'll probably getting a little off track from the, the main gist of what I was hoping to share with you, but tell us a little bit about your first business. What was that all about? What are, or maybe I should even go further back than that. Why did you have this desire for business or woodworking? Which was the major push?
1: Well, I think it was maybe both. It's very interesting because as a kid, I remember I was probably about 10 years old driving down through Tilsonburg on the 19th highway, seeing all the businesses, all the big industrial section hmm. there. And it dawned on me that those were all owned by just individual people. Hmm. And where that kind of struck a chord with me, like, oh, I could own a business and I think from early on, like, I've always been doing little things. I did, like, I built furniture for friends. built a little
0: crib bed for us once. Yeah,
1: did. yeah. I'd, yeah, so that would have been... Like 14 years ago. Yeah, so... 15. Yeah, I built bunk beds. and mm-hmm. So that, I was fortunate. My dad had a little wood shop, and he tinkered, and he let me use his tools. So I learned there. And But uh, as far as business, as I even at 16 I would build cedar flower planters and bring them to a greenhouse that my sisters worked at they would bring them to Toronto and they would sell them there they would take back orders I would keep nice. going for I did that for one season so as always I enjoy business obviously there's, obviously you enjoy there's the wood days. as well yeah but yeah there's there's always times where it's not as enjoyable but mm-hmm. but yeah so then at Probably right around age twenty, me and my brothers decided to go into business together. We went into general contracting, which we all were very, very ignorant in business. We had no idea, right?
0: So it wasn't the idea of business necessary that drove you, but
1: I think we wanted to work together and then as time went on we started realizing what it was and, yeah. and when you're a little bit deep in in the water already. Yeah. Tied together financially. Yeah. So, which I think at that time it was mostly good, um, but we were not very ambitious. So, I think I had a very wrong concept of business. So, which I think a lot of people do when they start out. You only start to realize realize when you're in a little bit of trouble.
0: (laughs) I see a lot of young guys wanting to start their own business because they see their bosses doing well and they think, well, I know how to do everything he knows how to do. So I'll just start on my own and then I'll make twice as much money and they jump in and before they know what they're in, way over their heads. They don't realize the stress of it. They they don't calculate the books right. They don't add up a, a budget. They have no concept of these things and they go buy a brand new truck and put it on $800 payments when they're just getting started. And just on and on, they, they think that they can just do it because they see the yeah. money rolling in. Was that kind of what got you in trouble? I think yours was more a, uh, a bad business deal that got your business in trouble yeah, once you started well, the kitchen cabinet company. Yeah.
1: yeah, so yeah, so we... I think I always wanted to go into furniture. and the, the, Our idea was that my brothers would continue construction and I would veer off in doing what... I wanted to do so we just get started for the capital but uh, so then what got us in trouble later I think early on in business we got into too much debt because we didn't you know if you're in business you're gonna make money right Mm -hmm. so we got into bad debt and later seven years later we went bankrupt because we were not we did a big job like a retirement home high-end retirement home and we didn't get paid out everything so yeah it was a big chunk but now looking back it I we should have been able to weather it and that was due to lack on our part of preparing properly because we should have had a cushion right yeah so there was a lot of factors that led up to it but I definitely can't totally blame the contractor so.
0: Right, like knowing what you know now, had you organize things a little better, and thought yeah. things through a little bit more, you would have probably been able to wiggle through that even. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, it was just we had spent six months on that project, and we had said no to other work, which you shouldn't do. <laughs> but don't say no to work. Not while you're on a big project, you have to keep it going. So, okay. so then, yeah, we should have had a little more. I always like to picture it. I climbed out too far on the limb and didn't wait for it to grow enough. Right. And it just snapped. Right. I see So and that was geez. seven
0: years into the business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I mean, we always had work. I think in all that seven years, we had two weeks off from when we started. So you're always busy. Yeah. But yeah, there's many factors of not knowing how to price things and yeah. Probably not being ambitious enough either. Right. So
0: So I know since then you worked for several other kitchen companies. You learned a lot more about the trade. You got better at the craft itself. But I I noticed a major shift in the way that you were thinking about business. It wasn't haphazard anymore when you started your new business. No. You started small, very strategically. You had a plan. You had some ideas of how you were going to do this. And now you have how many
1: employees? Uh, Ten.
0: Ten employees and could easily keep growing as far as, as the way things look right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, what was the
0: major shift in your thinking? You think? Well,
1: I think a major thing was I uh, failed my family, and so I didn't couldn't let that happen again right? because me going bankrupt and losing everything, putting my family in that situation, tight spot for many years. Yeah. Areas. So it was that was rough. So I just figured, or my thinking was that this can't happen again. Right? Okay. So obviously there's always circumstances outside of our control but um, the only way to do it was to do it right right so and obviously we're still learning and there, there's still mistakes made but so we purpose not to borrow any money for equipment um, so we paid everything cash we started with the basics right I, I saw as
0: you needed and that was kind of yeah a- I
1: actually hauled out a saw out of the dump it was actually in our backyard, the uh, concrete guys that were back there, John Ann's Oh, yeah. They had an old saw that they didn't want. They had thrown on a junk pile. So I pulled that one out. Fixed it up. Fixed it up, put it in the shop.
0: I hope you young guys are listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's called bootstrapping. <laughs> That's what they call it. But, okay. So then I had that saw. I had an old little miter saw that I pulled out. and then, But the one thing I had still was the knowledge of... Uh, the many like the programming and all that so I could restart get those programs and then just I think a big help was that I could just send the files have somebody CNC. cut it and I did all the custom work and then from there I would once the job was built I would bring it to a finisher he'd finish it I'd take it back rent a u-haul delivered to the job site, take my little jetta with the tools, <laughs> and go install the kitchen. Right? That's cool. So,
0: I know um, one of the gifts of the spirit, even, is the gift of administration. And it, to me, it seems like someone who's able to see a project, organize, plan, put things together, make the project happen. And I don't know if yours was a spiritual gift, or if it was just a very principled uh disciplined way of coming about at this time you read books you listen to podcasts you approach things on a different level you yeah. all kinds of different things came into place and I, yeah. I I just found for myself looking at you it just seemed like there was a whole different attitude towards business
1: yeah I'm not a very disciplined person I'll, I'll say that but I think I had more knowledge and I knew what didn't work so that's failure is not necessarily a failure it's you've now stepped over from not knowing to knowing something, right? That didn't work. So now what do we got to do to make a difference? In fact, I said that I would never, ever do it again, right? You would never do another Never business. do service business again. Interesting. And then it took three years till I started up again.
0: Something shifted. shifted yeah,
1: because, okay, so the one thing as well is I was working for other people, and it was very stressful.
0: You're always scheduled. You're on a clock. Yeah,
1: and I didn't have any freedom, right? Whereas I have freedom somewhat. Also, I'm very tied up, but I also have freedom. So then I thought, well, I'd rather make my own stress. And so now I make my own stress. So it's stressful, but I can, I can work within that. Yeah. So, whereas...
0: so obviously, my podcast title being In Light of the Gospel, can you tie? Like, I've often wondered how many Christians, how many Christians does the cross actually affect? their day-to-day experiences, right? Like I think of my wife. I love her as Christ loved the church. That's how I'm supposed to love her, right? And there's many, many times now, knowing the gospel like I do, I've, I have a difficulty in the marriage, and I see what she's done wrong, she's hurt me in some way, and I think she's clearly at fault, and I find, okay, well, here now, this is a gospel opportunity. It's actually when you're being wrong, or when stress is upon you, when difficulties arise, that's the best opportunity to live according to the gospel, to walk out the gospel. So can you tie any connections to your business, your success, to your understanding of the gospel?
1: Well, the one thing I always come back to as well is, like, we've been given grace, so we give grace. Maybe it's rather the, uh, you know, even answer, like, how's the verse? uh as it's not but anyway, not responding with anger like yeah. oh, when yeah. when yeah. you know different principles like that, and I think, yeah, just knowing that um, God, I can trust God with everything, and I think one that was one of the big things that I can trust God with everything going on, and I don't yeah. have to uh, get too riled up and yeah.
0: I know the passage in second Corinthians talks about Christ who who gave up his riches right he became poor like one of us so that we could be rich and um, I often think about that when we go through really difficult times and it feels like everything is stressful and hard and it doesn't feel like it's going to make you're going to get through and yeah. all that you can always recognize that someone else has already taken the brunt of all the weight of the world yeah. of your sin upon himself and that often lifts you out of those circumstances too where you realize okay this isn't the end yeah it doesn't mean everything right but yeah. Anyway, um, I know you have uh, several books. I don't know if you wanted to go there. Several books that you've read that have really impacted the way that you think about business.
1: Yeah. So I would say, um, richest probably, man Babylon. richest man in Babylon is a good a one. Good entrepreneurial. Style yeah, book, and right? based very simple as far as how to start. Not necessarily how to start, but getting the capital to start, right? And there's no easy way, and that's one of the things I always. If I would briefly go back to that, I always thought that having a business, um, I could, you know, one day I would, it would just You'll catch a break. It'll, yeah, I'll get a break. And that was my mindset before, before, um, I went bankrupt and then I went bankrupt. And you then didn't catch that I break. <laughs> that was the break I caught. But, but then I realized that going back to this book, Richest Man in Babylon, that I had to work. Like, don't wait for something big to happen. Just start and slowly build it. You have to. Be. You have to start somewhere. I know a
0: lot of people would consider, maybe look at you and think, well, that was easy. Overnight success. Started a little company in this tiny little shack, and now you've got this big rented place in the Imper- old imperial building, and just everything's working out for you. But it's been
1: how many years now since you it's started this new business? been since, well, actually, 2007 is when I did the first kitchen, and that was your parents' kitchen. Okay. So That was with this new... Steel, no, sorry. It wasn't
0: considered still mill yet.
1: No. That, so that was IDW. Oh, That yes. was right, in the right. beginning. but So this business here is five years. Five years in April it was. So, so yeah,
0: it didn't just happen overnight. No, no. You
1: steadily... Yeah. So the whole time period that I've been in business, it's only been working for the last five years. So.
0: Okay. So Richest Man in Babylon. Not a Christian book, but very no. good on showing you how you have to... Take capital, increase it, and increase yeah. it. constantly moving forward, right? You're not yeah. just haphazardly hoping that the business will perform.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It has to be on purpose. So, and the next book would be um, The E Myth Revisited. The E Myth? So, that is the entrepreneurial myth. So, okay. the and E Myth. Yes, E Myth uh, Revisited. He's got a lot of different books With on The author? Uh, Michael Gerber.
0: Michael Gerber, okay.
1: So the one of the main things in there is you create your business like a franchise. Not that it is a franchise, but structure it that way because so systems for everything, right? So it's a structured system, everybody knows what to do and then you go forward. We don't there's that's the huge to be able to do that. We're not nearly there but we try to take a little bit of
0: And then in those systems you you've been training certain guys to take care of a certain thing and then they yeah. once they get good at that they move on to something else or they just become very
1: proficient yeah they just either or is that
0: not even what you mean by systems
1: systems is uh, so basically their big take is from mcdonald's so they have one guy you so you break down the whole job into many little parts and then you put one guy on this little part so that if he's all of a sudden not there, it's very easy to replace him. Put somebody else in. Yeah, in our business, it doesn't quite work that way. There's larger parts that takes time to learn. So, mm. but at least we've broken it down. Which,
0: if I can interject, I like that because McDonald's employees are completely discards, right? Like they can replace them at a at yeah. moment's notice. Where I've noticed that you really value your guys. Yeah. And are trying to keep them content and happy and moving yeah.
1: forward. Yeah. No, actually, I really. I think we have yeah, a really good team. I'm very happy with everyone. Obviously, there's always things you got to work through, but I feel it's almost a bit of a second family, right? Yeah. I Spent a lot of time with those yeah. So But, yeah, very good guys. They're all... So systems. So another thing that I think is really big that I learned from that book was that the goal is not to have a business. That's not the end goal. Okay. So... Uh, so we all have our lives with our families, and you want to give your family the resources to enjoy life together in whatever aspect it is, right? So the business is only a means for that. So, Interesting. So if you focus your whole life on just growing a business, well, that you've sort of missed the mark, right?
0: Yeah. But, well, I, like I've noticed a lot of guys lately who work 60 and 80 hours a week and who clearly want to be good dads, but do not have the capacity to do it. Because they're coming home at six and eight o'clock at night, the kids go to bed at eight or nine o'clock, whatever it might be. And there's literally like an hour or two a day at the most where they're in the same house because they're getting up before the family's there and years ago business was done in such a way where almost everybody lived on farms you know look yeah. back 200 years you woke up you went and did chores you come back in the wife's got breakfast on the table you eat breakfast with the family you take the little boys and you're back out on the field yep. and you're you're <clears throat> constantly interacting and in raising the kids not in this professional environment where you're sitting down with them yeah but you're doing life with them right yeah and i've noticed you have your son on the yeah. job set he's a yeah. young man very young still yeah. Yeah, He's uh, proved himself to be a, a young man. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: I know he they both Hudson and Elisha, both, like both to, they himself. like to come to the shop and and so a lot of times they're working in the shop with the rest of the guys. I'm out, right? Mm-hmm. So there's times where I take sure. them with me, but at least I can we have the freedom to mm-hmm. have them come out come away. And, from and home. they're
0: seeing where your work comes from, where the provisions come yeah. from. So rather than doing business to be financially successful, you're doing business to provide a structure for the family to thrive. Yeah, that's kind of the idea.
1: Yeah, so that we have the means to to live the financially. Yeah, uh, freedom. Yeah, time freedom. wise. Yeah, schedule is flexible. Don't have quite that yet, but I mean, we do definitely more flexible than if I worked a job nine or seven to five somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way to get out of there, but I can easily change my schedule to make things work. So, which is really nice. So how?
0: How do you then, with the busyness of starting a business, how do you balance the stress of work and leave it there? Perhaps come home, spend time with family.
1: Has have you structured that or found a system that works for you there? Um, to a point, right? There's always part of it that, you know, you're sitting Sunday, you know, doing whatever, and all of a sudden you remember something that didn't happen or was supposed to happen, but I think for myself, I think a lot of... Like, I can turn it off to a degree. My wife might say differently. How many
0: hours a week do you think you
1: usually put in? Um, I'm usually home by 5, so... Start at 7? Seven. 7, sometimes a little earlier. So, yeah, regular 45, 50 hours a week. I There's occasional Saturdays where we'll work, but I try not to. for mm-hmm. Like, I don't want the guys to have to work on the weekends because, well, I don't really prefer to either so but so that has been what we've tried to go for all the time but so the, the
0: systems and the structure of the business has allowed you to make the money that you need or has just organized the business in such a way where it runs smoothly
1: yeah i would say the latter in that impacts the okay. money as well okay. right so.
0: And how about finances then? You've been a lot more careful. You've learned to budget and and be precise with your amounts and things like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. We've yeah, we had to budget after the bankruptcy. You had, you have no other way but to they force you to. And what so do you which, mean by that? So you have to watch every penny you spend okay. after that. And you have to give them a report, which was good for us. Which and you can that never, uh no. So you sort of figure it out and then I mean we do have everything on paper, we know exactly every week what where what's going where it, personally, personally. Or the not the business, but that we sort of know the percentages mm-hmm. so we we watch that we can see every month uh what's coming what came in and what went out, so it's always month by month and so I think that's a lot of businesses uh, when you're new at it, you don't do that, but it's really it's basically the health of your business right so
0: there's a couple verses I wanted to read before we get off this topic. Um, you mentioned that business was not about getting rich or not about being wealthy, but about providing joy and happiness and a, a way for your family to thrive and your community to thrive. Yeah. and it, it extends beyond just oh, you definitely. personally, right? Yeah. Um, there's two passages in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The first part says, But they that will be rich, those that have the desire to be rich, Fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses what do
1: you think about that well I uh, I guess I would have a, a bit of a different take on it than I used to um, what was the first part there again I was
0: they that will be rich fall into yeah, temptation. In the I snare. think
1: that right there is there's many people that want to be rich and they get sucked into all kinds of get-rich-quick mm-hmm. schemes lotteries all that sort of thing uh, you or get, even
0: jumping into a business thinking oh, yeah. it's just going to boom and we're going to be yeah. successful. Yeah,
1: any way that uh, you try to accumulate quickly or, you know, I think that's what it is talking about rather than the Proverbs take on doing like what is wise and doing the right thing. Go to the ant, thou slugger. I think I learned a be lot diligent, of that. Yeah. Be diligent. Keep going. Don't stop, right? So there's um, no easy...
0: Proverbs 23, 4, Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Um, a faithful man, Proverbs 28, 20, A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Just, I'm going to get rich, I'm going to get rich. Yeah. And so it, it's weird to me, interesting to me almost, that a lot of the men who are really successful in business are not in it for the money. They're doing it because they love doing this thing and they're finding a good way to provide for their family. And then the result is they end up rich. Because if you go a little further in that same chapter in uh, 1 Timothy, it says that, um, "...charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches." but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be, be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up and store for themselves, a good foundation, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So he clearly was not condemning the idea of being rich. Mm-hmm. There are rich Christians, mm-hmm. very successful Christians, and he says just don't trust in those uncertain riches. Yeah. They could be gone in a moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, that's, uh, I think, a very important Thing that I realized that the passage where go not say tomorrow we're going to make this gain and, and you know that but rather say tomorrow Lord willing we're going to go and go to this city and make gain so the idea there was to remember that whatever you plan God can change that and that's okay right and so I, I've, I think I've really taken to that as well just God can do what he wants with it. We're going to... This is our plans. And I think that was a big difference, too, is I, I specifically planned what the steps would be to to get where we were going, right? Okay. So, and... But, you know, in all thy ways, commit thy ways unto the Lord, and he'll direct your paths, right? So, I don't know. It's... Everything takes effort, and, you know, what you sow, you will reap, right? Right. But...
0: There's a couple other little proverbs here, uh, Proverbs 22, 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. So there, it's clear that we should be diligent in our business, we should yeah. be studious and hard work. And some people have taken that as an excuse, you know, don't desire to be rich. So then, oh, okay, well, then I'll just be satisfied with being half half in, half out. Yeah. That's not the idea. The no. The Proverbs are very clear. And then also, even in 1 Thessalonians 4, it says that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and work with your own hands as we have commanded, that we may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. Yeah. That's the New Testament. You know, that's not just yeah. an Old Testament proverb. Yeah. He doesn't want you to be lacking anything. Yeah. Not that everybody, anybody who is lacking is somehow out of the will of God. There are sufferings, poor Christians all over the yeah. world. But if you have the means at your disposal, you know, who doesn't want to work, shouldn't eat, those kinds of yeah. principles.
1: Yeah, there's many reasons why you should do business. But like it's, uh, yeah, being diligent, you just keep going and uh, don't focus on the money. And just like uh, for one... The big thing that we like about it is uh, even providing work for different people. And the thing, one of the things was too, is I never liked working at certain places. You know, they're rough places to work. So we want to give our employees a good experience to work, so they like have... purpose. Okay, and then even uh, aside from the money, if somebody's going into business, whatever, I think uh, it gives you purpose, right? So I know we are, we are as Christians, we have hope. But a lot of Christians also live sort of aimless lives. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have a family, you can, if you're not going anywhere, everybody, it's stale, right? So I think for me, it gave me a bit of direction and it helped me to learn uh, things that I needed to learn, leadership and all that. I'm still, like I'm by no means uh, <laughs> where... He was talking a doleman. Will you'll see him before kings? That's right. A long way off, but uh, I think
0: it's neat to see that being, the steps you've put in place, the systems that you're working now. It's progressing. You, you've started to see the incremental change and success. You've been yeah. able to rent more and more space yeah. at your at your uh, place where you do your cabinetry, yeah. and you've been able to hire more and more guys
1: on. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really good. Like. I think everybody is pulling for that like pulling together for that and I'm in a sense not shy about you know telling some of them anyway that you know it is like be good for them to be not necessarily be on their own but like I can't tell them that they can't not do their own thing right so you know you try to give them a little bit but at the same time I want them to stay with me. They're right. really good, but you have to be honest too with that. Um, getting a little off track there, but yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, you know, like a big thing is it gives you purpose in life too, something you go for, and then you can exercise your faith as well through that, and also it gives your family direction and purpose too. Not all necessarily going towards the business, but we rally together. So So each each
0: relationship we have is just an image or a picture of the larger relationships that we have. And ultimately, it's the society, right? So sometimes I think we as Christians, we think that the Christian duty in business is preaching the gospel. Go out and make disciples. That's all we should be doing. But there's a lot more to it because when I love my wife, I'm, I'm exemplifying the gospel. When I raise my children well... I'm also taking what the peace and joy of God has brought me and I'm bringing it into my children, raising them up to be structured and disciplined and, and godly, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. And then I take my family and I relate to other families like yours and we have cohesive, good relationships and that broadens into work. I and mean, then if your work is permeated with this, yeah. this joy of relationship and love and peace, and then you're interacting with your customers, and then your customers, and you know, it, it should permeate all of society. Yeah. I, there's a quote that I, I should have looked up, but Martin Luther talked about the, um, even from the milkmaid to the person in the king's house, whatever. So, any time you're providing a living <clears throat> for the people around you, and providing a good environment for that living, you're doing the Lord's work. Because God right. is ultimately the one that feeds those right. people, right? Yeah. He is the cattle on a thousand hills, yeah. and he's the one that, it's his job... To feed and to sustain humanity. So when we are integral parts of that feeding and providing and giving you know, sustenance to, we're actually doing what God has has told yeah, us to do. Yeah. It's not just going out preaching the gospel. Yeah. But the gospel gets in there with all of that. Yeah. Right?
1: With all of our life, right? But yeah, that's one thing. I it took me a long time to realize that and to get comfortable with. You know, it always felt sort of wrong to go into business like. I couldn't separate my motives, right? Almost because, like business was carnal. Yeah. So, but it, but it isn't, right? So there's like when you offer service to another fellow human, you're, you're, uh, you know, serving God, so to say. And whatever we do, uh, do with all your might, right? Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your yeah. might. So, yeah, and I think I really enjoy it. I think one of the biggest things about Business too is the connection you get with customers and just the satisfaction of giving them the good, a good product and just I, we often come away gaining friends right. Mm-hmm. That's how it most of the time is. Almost all your connection connections
0: are people that you now would associate with that you you know you feel comfortable with saying yeah. You're not hiding from them. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people do business in such a way. I remember working for a company years ago. You worked there for a while too. I won't mention the name, but they had almost no referrals. They were busy because of their marketing, but they had almost no referrals okay. because every time you were on site, they were like, we like you guys, we're glad you're here, but we hate the company you're working for. We okay. never do business with them yeah. again and so on. But to know that you can greet, you know, you're a small town. You do most of your work locally. Yeah. And you're going to see these people at the store and wherever else you go. So you stand behind your work and you do it as to your yeah. utmost, right?
1: Yeah. No, we definitely don't always get it right, but no. we try to correct it. So, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, so that it alone is its a lot of fun. It's rewarding, I would say. So you would encourage others to go into business? I think so. Like, obviously, there's people that it's just not, not right cut that. out for them, right? But I think it's very rewarding, and there's a lot of things. Even apart from just running the business, it shapes who you are. changes you. It exercises you as, you know, in confidence. I was a very, very insecure person, like, uh, as a kid and and I think mo- a lot of people are right? you obviously have to find your way but a lot of it because of the interactions you're forced to have it changes you right it, it helps you to mature and
0: I would say just from observing you for the last 15 years there I mean I've always respected you I've always appreciated you but I've, I feel like I've I don't know almost feel dwarfed by your abilities and your success and where I just like, Oh man, what in the world happened here? All of a sudden he got his act together and things were clear to him. He's got a mission. He's on purpose doing this thing, right? And it's really nice to see. And then I'm looking at, you know, we could start a whole nother conversation, a whole nother. I never used that word, (laughs) (laughs) but we could start another whole conversation about what I'm seeing in your family. You know, you and your wife seem to have a great relationship. You've been renovating your own home on top of all of this. You yeah. had a, a terrible miscarriage some years ago, yeah. which we don't have to talk about right now, but I'm seeing your boys, you know, you, you've struggled with certain things, and then you've disciplined, and you've slowly walked through certain ways, and just, I don't know, I'm just, I've seen a lot of growth, and it's been a real blessing for me to watch.
1: Interesting to hear, but yeah, no, I, I would say that there's been a lot of growth, but yeah, I'm, we're still just moving forward, right, we're not... I I wouldn't see myself necessarily as having arrived anywhere but yeah it's it's a it's it's a joy to just see look back a little bit and see that we are making progress so now
0: I'm seeing that we're getting pretty close to the time where I'd like to stop the conversation but there's so many areas where you probably had already thought in your mind this is something I really want to share can you think of something like that now where you're like man he didn't ask anything about this and we kind of missed that spot Advice for young people, maybe, or business, or
1: yeah, one of the things I think that most people tend to not start as something, and it doesn't have to be business in general in life because their vision is so broad that well it's impossible I can't right? even start, but the thing is. I think a big thing is just to start, like you were talking about earlier yeah even with this podcast it's yeah. a small scale thing,
0: but it's like i I've put it off for over a year because I didn't know when to start how to start, yeah
1: yeah, like like they say, even with writing a book, you do one page a day at the end of the year, you have 365 sixty five page book yeah. so in in general in life, I think life is broken down so finely into each day. If you do a little bit each day, at the in a year's time, you're you've come a long way. And I think that being said, you have to have a direction. Like you have to have you're going somewhere. What is the mental image that you have in your mind? You have to have a mental image. In and your it mind. can't
0: be just a big bank account.
1: No. I mean, yeah, no. Like uh, there are some people that have that, and they, you know, they'll find whatever means to to achieve that but you have to have multiple visions in your in your head too
0: has your vision played out the way you had hoped uh
1: it's still it's still playing out i think i yeah my vision was pretty is pretty small but i mean it is playing out probably faster than i hoped and maybe i just didn't so you're a long success well no no (laughs) it's just I don't know, I think now a lot of things just compiled and worked out, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously God's blessing is, is given to when, you know, all the, uh, you do, do what, you know, you just take the necessary steps and, and God blesses it, I think. But, yeah, it's, have a vision. Go for something, right? And, and I think a lot of people just need purpose in their lives. And so, with that, you can then reach out further.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure exactly how to wrap this up, but uh, I've seen you minister to others and serve others. You used to help with the youth group and things like that, too. And uh, now I've seen you're a bit of a shift where I could see you potentially. Leading and walking beside young guys, entrepreneurs, trying to help them get structured and set up their systems and all that. Is that something that would potentially be in the future?
1: Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I, I do. All of a put you on there <laughs> and all of a sudden people are I enjoy that. Like, I do get together with some guys and we talk about different things. And, and obviously I've uh, had different experiences where you, know, you fail and you know what not to do. So a lot of times you can actually teach from what not to do. You can learn a lot from for that. Sure. So. But yeah, no, I do enjoy that. I don't know where that will ever go. But I do have somewhat of an interest in that. Right. So,
0: Well, um, I've seen Willie struggle. I've seen him be down and kind of uh, depressed almost, where it seemed like for some years you yeah. were really discouraged and kind of somber and not too joyful. And then I've seen the gospel liberate you to the point where I... If I can put my assessment on it, I think you being freed by the gospel has had a tremendous impact on the way that you do business. Because yeah, you're not sure. constantly stressing over, am I doing this enough? Am I doing that enough? Am I worrying? You know, am I doing this? Enough? Am I living up to this standard or that standard? But recognizing that you are loved, that you are appreciated by God, that you know, in spite of all your failings, Christ died for you, yeah. and you're free from all that, the bondage of sin and the penalties and all that. So now you're you're liberated to go and do business, to go and serve others, You yeah. have something to offer.
1: Yeah. No, definitely. I. It's very well put. Yeah. No. I definitely have the liberty whereas I wouldn't have before. There's Mm -hmm. too many things to work through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure someday in the future we'll have to have you on again because there's so many things we could touch on. But for now, I appreciate you guys tuning in. God bless.